Hello, hello, this is your host Gemma, just saying hello, hello, I made that joke, (laughs) I made that joke on the first podcast, Um, so I won't do it again. Anyway, (laughs) on today's podcast I'm talking to my friend Mo, he is very well travelled and you'll be able to hear that on the podcast where he'll take you on multiple journeys um, and give you glimpses into his well-travelled life, <laughs> which is one of my favourite things about Mo, um, and which is why I find talking to him so helpful, um, because he'll provide insight that I just would never had, like with his unique experience, not just in his travels, but in clients that he's had, and just his own readings and research and thoughts. I think he's such a wonderful mind, and I was very lucky to speak to him um yeah so have a listen um we chat about his travels just a little bit um about living holistically and living slowly and doing all the boring things because that's important so he does suggest the idea of going for a long walk without a podcast but if you're on a walk listening to this podcast um thanks for doing that (laughs) that's the one time I say don't take Mo's advice is um you can take a walk and listen to this and listen to this podcast at the same time that's fine with me okay that's it enjoy the podcast uh rate it where you can rate podcasts share show me some love um and have a good day my name is Gemma Washington your name is Mohammed Mohuddin did I say Mohuddin right I'm always afraid I'm gonna say it wrong no, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> okay, this is the Un- Unhealthy Podcast, and you are a personal trainer. You do soft tissue therapy. You do cupping. You do sports rehabilitation, um, and your business is called Holistic First. And I was wondering if you could just start off by defining what kind of holistic health is. What is living holistically, like well-being wise and lifestyle wise? For me, holistic health okay is just an integrated way of looking at health what that means okay is that all entities of human life Mm -hmm. is one entity so the idea that we can somehow separate the mind and the body we can somehow separate the soul and the mind and the body and the soul i think it's i think it's flawed that sort Mm -hmm. of philosophy is flawed because i think as humans we know that sometimes we may experience let's say emotional pain yeah that that can manifest itself into physical pain Mm -hmm. and sometimes we have i don't want to call it spiritual pain because it's not really a pain it's spiritual starvation or hunger Mm -hmm. that can result in emotional pain so for me holistic health or the idea of having a very holistic life means trying to sort of rebalance all aspects of what it means to be human yeah and that we have a we have a mind we have a soul whether you believe in that or not anyways, we have mm-hmm. a body and we have emotions. We're not just complex animals. And that's why sometimes I feel like the West has this idea that, you know, we are just complicated versions of monkeys or animals, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas I think we have metacognition and we can think and we know why. And, you know, we have so much power to change the world. We also have so much in so much part of uh, cause destruction to the world mm-hmm. and if you look at the world right now and our impact on it in the last 50 years yeah you can say it's not a holistic sort of living for for all of us 
because yeah. of capitalism, because of you know consumerism and whatnot, whatnot. We know obviously the rest. So, so that's how I define it: is to be in balance with everything and to be mm-hmm. whole. Okay. Does that, does that kind of make sense to what I no. think? No, it makes a lot of sense. I think, I think, holistic living and holistic health and holistic well-being are buzzwords or buzz phrases that are really thrown around, and when you when you ask someone to define it, they kind of don't know. They 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 just kind of vaguely put it as, oh, it's just taking care of everything. Whereas when you just explained it to me, it made a lot more sense because it's it's understanding these separate entities as not being that separate. And I've never, I don't think I've ever come across an understanding of what spiritual hunger is. Like, how do you know if you're, you know, suffering from or experiencing spiritual hunger? Okay, so this is how I define it, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, those big, big existential questions that we all have. Yeah. You know, who we are, where we come from, where we're going. I think once in our lifetime, we all have sort, sort of questions and, you know, this whole idea of, purpose of life and what like why are we here rather than not here i think the west when i say the west i mean mean like the developed world has naturally sort of suppressed those ideas Mm. and as a result what you find okay is i think so anyway for example like in my travels in india or or indonesia or thailand in my experience i found a a lot of people sort of traveling there to have some kind of spiritual experiences. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's with living with monks for a few days, yeah, or let's say doing five hours of yoga a day. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole idea is that like fulfillment is not in the West, spiritual fulfillment is not in the West. So mm-hmm. rather we need to travel across the globe to experience it elsewhere. As right. if it's a as if it's not an internal thing within yourself. Rather it's somewhere else. It's a and, bit like uh, a, it's like a pilgrimage. I love it is just the idea of, you know, an external power that's greater than us mm-hmm. and building some kind of relationship with it, you know? Okay. Yeah. So uh, a lot of times people I find in the West, because we've sort of eliminated these ideas from our society, mm-hmm. because of capitalism, it doesn't really fit in with capitalism, it doesn't really fit in with consumerism and the idea of more and more and more. Essentially, try to go look for it elsewhere. What would you say to someone who can't really can't really go and look for it elsewhere? Like, say they don't have the ability to travel, or travel is very limited right now anyway. Would you say that there are things that they can do to fulfill that without kind of leaving the West? Uh, honestly, okay, I'll probably just say, uh, like, it's already in you. Okay, th- there's a concept I want to introduce everyone to, okay? Uh, I've actually been learning it recently. It's in a book uh, I'm reading called The Fallacy of Knowledge. Mm-hmm. And the book talks about something called, uh, sorry, let me just, yeah, the book talks about something called embodied cognition. Mm-hmm. Now, what the book was saying, okay, is that intelligence doesn't actually come just from the brain or the mind. Yeah. Intelligence actually comes from the body itself. And because we live in a society that's dopamine driven, mm-hmm. we hate to do boring things. You know, we hate to do things that are not exciting. So we never sort of, train our minds or our bodies to do something consistently yeah sometimes it's boring for example if if okay look me and you both train mm-hmm. and we've seen people who you know have excelled in their sport let's look at the best athletes in the world mm-hmm. yes we see them as you know these big athletes and stars right now 
However, we kind of uh, downplay the early experiences. Mm -hmm. For example, when they've been running, when everyone else was sleeping, you know, they, they've had to do the boring things over and over and over and over again. When you see someone like Kobe Bryant shoot a basketball, yeah. you're like, oh, wow, you're so amazed by it because it's, it's, it looks effortless. Mm -hmm. But what you don't see, okay, is I think that 10,000 hours of just shooting, shooting, shooting that he had to do when everyone else was sleeping. Mm. Uh, or for example, like, let's say when you watch baseball and someone hits a bat and then the ball's flying, the person trying to catch the ball is not thinking, oh, I have to sort of run at this pace, 20 miles an hour, and have to... His body just kind of just chases after the ball and he catches it almost effortlessly. Yeah. Because he's kind of caught the ball 10, 10 million times. Yeah. The, there's actually a video on the same okay, is of a, like a ballerina mm -hmm. and she's got like a... She's got Parkinson's disease. So she's mm -hmm. obviously in a wheelchair now and she can't move. Yeah. However, someone played a song... Uh, yeah, that I've she used that. to dance to. You've mm -hmm. seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then her body starts, gets up, and all of a sudden it just starts to move to the song, and it's like, it's like, wow. And it just goes to show that sometimes just by sort of like repeatedly teaching ourselves to do things just consistently, it doesn't have to be like really cool, fancy, expansive things. Mm -hmm. It's just with great consistency, we kind of just like, neurologically instilled in our minds and our bodies to, to, to effortlessly so that's how even so I, I think I'm getting I'm losing sort of track of what we're, the question was but it's okay sometimes when you do this when you consistently do something even if it's boring consistent over and over again your body mm. just picks it up and you naturally become quite naturally inclined to it so I mean it's got to be a not just a daily practice but a but a learning and an understanding for your body to do intuitively do you find that when you're with new clients whatever you're treating them for whether it's rehab or you're taking through soft tissue therapy or if it's training do you find that they really struggle with putting in the daily work the boring work at first i think yeah i think so. that's with everyone <laughs> because so i'm gonna get off track again okay I, I, was, I was actually looking at a study recently okay Mm -hmm. And it was actually something called an ex an exercise pill. Mm -hmm. So this what what the study did okay, is that it looked at mitochondria mach and yeah. how it responds to uh, how it responds to exercise. Yeah. So the different exchanges in proteins and how how physiologically you know like we change during exercise and they tried to do sort of like put all those physiological changes into a pill. Mm -hmm. So instead of exercising. You can just sit at home, take this pill, and your body sort of like goes through these physiological changes that occur during exercise. Mm -hmm. And I think when you live in a culture that sort of harbors these ideas, it's so problematic because what it's telling everyone is that you don't have to do all that hard work, all that yeah. sort of, you know, like that nitty gritty sort of grind, waking up in the morning, going for the runs, and, you know, when you can just have it in a pill. And then these all ideas manifest into our everyday life. Yeah. So when you, have, when you have a client, okay, who's had, let's say, chronic back pain for the last 10 years, they always have this idea that, okay, finally, you, you know, you're like, can you give me something that will just eradicate it? Mm. Like once and for all, like, I don't want this pain anymore. Can you make it go away? Rather than that idea, okay, look, I've had this pain for 10 years. And the reason why I have this pain is because of habits. Most pain comes from habits. Mm-hmm. Okay, for example, like we sit for like nine hours a day. 
Yeah. It's like, it's a, like that's pretty much, you know, why 90% or 70% of people in the West are suffering from back pain. It's because we have very sedentary lifestyles. But we don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. What we want to hear okay, is, what can I take? Who can I see? Okay. That will get rid of this pain in an hour. Yeah. So I don't have to do anything. I don't have to change my life. You know, mm-hmm. I can just stay where I am right now and somehow the pain or the weight will just go away. Yeah, I, I I, definitely feel that. Like, even with myself, with, like, changes I want to make, like, when I was trying to get my pull-ups before and I wasn't getting them, it's like, well, I wasn't really putting in the work to get them. I wasn't doing the small things. I wasn't doing enough, like, attempting enough pull-ups in the first place. And, like, now I can do it, and it's because... I did pull-ups every day or I did some sort of pull-up assistance every day or or with my with my I have chronic back pain and when I first when it first came about I didn't want to do anything about it I just my mind was like I just want something to fix it and because I didn't put the work in it got worse of course and that's with everything so how do you now navigate yourself as a therapist or as a personal trainer with yourself, or mm-hmm. as anything, in a culture that is sort of manifesting these sort of ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. We have, you know, like this weight loss tease and this like, uh, you know, like this cliff diet, this lose 10 pounds in 10 days, six pack shortcut abs. You know, I think that's what needs to change at a philosophical level in our society, mm-hmm. that there's nothing worth having comes easy. Mm. you can ask you can ask athletes you can ask businessmen you can ask anyone who's ever accomplished anything in in the world yeah and that's why for example and obviously this once again off topic with the whole you know especially during lockdown the whole blm thing was obviously a big thing and we've seen it with what was happening Mm -hmm. and then you compare it to like the civil rights and what was happening then you can see look rosa parks you know she could have just gotten off that seat and it was mm-hmm. this end of story you know mm-hmm. Malcolm yeah. next would just shut his mouth yeah and that would be the end of that story mm-hmm. you know but i think change in general requires yeah. hours and hours of boring hard work and sometimes it's boring let's be honest yeah you know like i've been exercising for 10 years now i can't say it's fun all the time i'm sure you've seen me train sometimes i'm dreading <laughs> it you know mm-hmm. i'm sitting there like why am i doing this but i've kind of primed myself to do boring things yeah without a doping without dopamine for example this morning i went for a walk yeah and i didn't take headphones i didn't play a podcast you know i didn't i didn't play music i just walked Oof. and people find it almost like quite psychotic <laughs> yeah especially because you've seen me in the gym i train without music on yeah if i'm just priming myself to not want external motivation but to find it within myself to do this thing Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, it's boring, but the more I do it, the more I'm like, I'm naturally inclined towards it. And hopefully one day when I'm old and I'm crippled, my body will just do it without me asking it to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's very much about doing the the slow work, the hard work and the boring work instead of relying on the like quick fixes or the dopamine hits. How do you teach yourself that? I guess it's just a case of just doing it. It is just a case of just doing it. But also, at the same time, I think it's really changing your ideas and mindset of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, for me, is 
I always look at people who achieve things. Like, whether it's athletes, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's even soldiers, or whether it's, you know, like, people who've led armies, or whether it's presidents, whether it's, they've never really achieved any of that mm-hmm. without putting in, like, hours. I look at someone like, okay, look, someone like Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he passed away recently. And there's a small documentary on on him on YouTube that I think everyone should check out. Mm-hmm. His his coach was saying, okay, one morning, he woke him up at 3 a.m. Yeah, and he was drenched in sweat. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, can you help me with some some strength and conditioning thing I want to work on? At 3 a.m. in the morning, when yeah. everyone else was sleeping. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, okay, what everyone else is, okay, everyone obs- is obsessed with the end result. Yeah. But no one is really obsessed with what comes before that. Like the journey. Everyone's sort of like, sort of attached to the final product. Yeah. If you look, look at Amazon, for example. You know, yeah. Amazon started as an online bookstore in the 1800s, you know, like in 19, early 1990s. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. It's just a bookstore. And now it's grown to be this thing that has, you know, electric cars, it's on like taxis and you know, mm-hmm. but and people said, "Oh, Jeff Bezos is the richest man on earth." And blah, blah, blah. obviously, this is besides the point of capitalism and him not, not paying taxes. <laughs> just like grown and it's grown and it's grown and it's sort of like engulfed everything in it. Mm-hmm. But and then that's how people, I think, need to approach everything. So, for example, like let's say I get a client that wants to lose at hundred pounds, right? I always, I always put it to paper what it requires to lose a hundred pound. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'll do like the whole formulation: seven thousand seven hundred calories times one thousand. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of quantify it for them. Okay, in order for you to do that, th- uh, you know, hundred pounds, you need to be in a gym four hours a day, six days a week. Like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. <laughs> and then scrap, then scrap it to the side. You know, try the consistency: four times a week, an hour a day. For 18 months can you do that well i guess it's more doable yeah yeah like i i don't try to sell them this whole idea of oh yeah, yeah we can do anything you know 10 pounds in a week yeah we can do that you know mm-hmm. six pack in six weeks yeah we can do that it's really about teaching them how to think mm-hmm. and as a therapist or as a trainer one thing i always try to sort of change is how they think or how they approach these things because a lot of people, unfortunately, have been miseducated and yeah. misinformed about exercise, about wellness. And mm-hmm. you as a therapist or as a trainer, I guess you really just have to sort of inform them correctly or change their ideas of what they think they're looking for. Yeah, you have to you have to guide them in the right direction because it's hard to change people's minds once they've been... When it's once something's been ingrained in them, it's it's a case of making, I guess, small changes or opening them up to new ideas. Even though, kind of, when they come to you, they're very settled in their in their ways. Of course, and I, let's be honest, yeah, they've been misinformed because a lot of them come with, "Oh, yeah, I saw this thing on the internet." Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like you know, can I get a body like? A lot of young a lot of young boys will be like you know they'll go to the internet they'll print, they'll print Arnold Schwarzenegger's training program from the eighties, <laughs> and they'll come to the gym then having never trained before and they'll be like yeah let's go or I don't know, 
a lot of a lot of women generally tend to go print out. I don't know what's her name, Jennifer Lopez, Australian regime. Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're trying to it's this whole idea of this person achieved it like this. I can also achieve it. Mm-hmm. Not not so identify that you have your own stresses. Yeah. Your job, your work, your DNA, you know, your genetic makeup. There's so many aspects of we're so individual, mm-hmm. each person. So it really is just about finding a formula that works for you. And yeah. that's the hardest pill for a lot of people. Yes, it worked for Jennifer Lopez, however, it may not work for you. Mm. And that and it, it doesn't mean that you can't see her as as um I don't know, as an icon or as an idol. It just means of that course. you have to you have to get realistic about what can you do for yourself. It's not it's not to say that you don't it's not to say to reach for lower standards. It's just to say maybe this the course of action is just it was just not gonna be the same because you're a completely different person. And I think it's almost a shame that you know you overlook yourself. Mm-hmm. Because what makes us unique is ourselves and our personalities and our temperaments and you know mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to compare yourself to someone and obviously this is easier said than done. Yeah. Because you know, we live in the age of social media where unfortunately everyone's comparing themselves to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like one of one of the things I do is for example, I'll do something called a dopamine fast. Right. And what that means, okay, is uh let's say for a whole weekend, for a week, I'll just come off social media. I'll come off Facebook, I'll come off Instagram, I'll come off everything. And it's so strange because I end up going through my going in my pocket, picking up my phone, opening mm-hmm. up my phone, and then like not finding any of the apps and then just looking at my phone and putting it back in my pocket. And I'm like, why did I just do that? <laughs> But, but can you see how is this whole idea of embodied cognition? You've taught your body just to like, whenever you're bored, yeah, like just put, like have this adult pacifier where you just, like you get these quick dopamine fixes by liking the pose. You get it? And it's, it's so strange that we do these things. Yeah. But I guess the first step is acknowledging, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledge these habits that we all have and try it. Like I said, go, go a weekend without, you know, social media. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you'll find ways to replace that time. And or, for example, like do a three day or two day fast. Okay, I've tried twenty four hour fast. Okay, let's start. <laughs> okay. You know, you're just gonna sit there and be like, okay, it's breakfast time. What do I do? It's lunch time. What do I do? It's dinner yeah. time. Because most of the things we do is just through our conditioning. It's not that we want to do it. It's that we've condition ourselves to do it like it's a it's a bodily so reaction if you can condition yourself to yes exactly so if you can condition yourselves to do bad things or mm-hmm. actually, like let's not call it bad things mm-hmm. i think that are detrimental to your health or whatever you can actually condition yourself to do good things it just takes time it takes a lot of effort you know what i sleep too late i go to bed too late i'm gonna get into bed at 10 30 even if i can't fall asleep Every day, every day. Eventually, you will get to a point where, okay, you know what? Can tell it comes, your body will naturally fall asleep. You know? It just takes time. It takes patience. And there's no shortcut to it. Yeah. And I think once you sort of change that mindset and that sort of neurological pattern in your mind, everything else will come naturally. 
it's just mm-hmm. an embodied thing. A lot of what we do is emotionally driven, and I don't think it's about denying yourself the emotional motivation. It is kind of understanding why you feel that way or why you do what you do. Or like you said, when you kind of just reach for your phone out of just out of habit, out of just kind of it feels like a need, but it's not a need. It's that is that we've kind of taught ourselves that it's a necessity that we're that we're bored or we need comfort or we need stimulation so we go and grab that or, or anything else that someone might do. I think phone is just like the most common relatable of course, yeah. one. Do you have to be super strict with yourself in order to get the results or or not not that can we do it in a lazy way but is there an easier way to do things or is it just that the matter of fact is that making change is hard so you just have to do what is difficult i think is first of all is you have to be very retrospective and the first thing that's why that's why i like walking mm. without anything because the first thing to do okay, is actually just navigate through your thoughts and organize them and this is hard you know mm. like trying to sort of like organize your thoughts mm-hmm. is hard because you need to like let's say you have, let's say i have an argument with my partner yeah and then, okay we, have a, we had a big argument everyone's fired up i go for a walk mm-hmm. and then i try to sort of obviously find out is there something i said or did that could have stopped this from happening mm-hmm. and obviously at this point your ego's like nah man like damn right like you did nothing wrong mm-hmm. you know yeah but the fact that you know you're actually what's the word here we hate to do that in the first place we hate to be silent in our thoughts yeah mm-hmm. you know so i think that's where it begins okay is do you know how i told you okay i'm gonna go off track again but i hope you don't mind <laughs> i don't you know mind that, at all you know that program i told you about this mm-hmm. is us yeah i remember I th- I, I don't know if you started watching it. It was like there's like, there's obviously a character on there called Kate. Yeah. And she she has an eating disorder. She's obese. Mm-hmm. And then now, like her small habits that she had as a kid, and it's kind of manifesting itself as an adult now. Mm-hmm. Like in her face, in her face. You should check it out. I know. And obviously, there's a lot of trauma going on. Like yeah. Weight gain is is not just oh I I like to eat. You know, it's dealing with the death of a father for example mm-hmm. you know dealing with you know like never being able to like live up to the standards of her mother there is so much trauma to her like weight gain yeah that as an adult if you let's say you see on the street you blow like, oh, you know she's just overweight because she's not hard she's not, she doesn't like to work hard yeah but it's not the case the case is that you know she lost her father at a pivotal point in her life you know and she's never been able to recover from it yeah yeah now it's like when you let's say you are you as a trainer you've you sort of like this this lady has come in mm-hmm. and she's you know she's 200 pounds overweight where do you naturally start in your head you're thinking she doesn't work hard that's why she's mm-hmm. overweight yeah you don't really you don't really dig into her like oh you're not supposed to anyways but like you don't really know her backdrop mm-hmm. yeah you know that she lost that she lost her father that she had a mother that she, you know she adored but she could never live up to and the way it kind of just came on and came on and came on that's adult yeah and i think this is the hard part as a trainer or as a therapist mm-hmm. 
to sort of contextualize this this whole person and in whole as in WHOE mm -hmm. and really understanding where everything stems from. So back to the point, how do I, how do I sort of, uh, I think I, I do it through just being retrospective of myself, having an hour or 10 minutes a day, just to think, why do I think the way I think? Is, is this just a vibe? Can, can I justify this? Yeah, yeah. So like, and that's what meditation is, you know, meditation, prayer, that's all it is, it's just, trying to be as present as possible in that thing you're doing without any external factors. Mm -hmm. Like, like people think like meditating is very hard. Like I've never met a person who, who meditates and doesn't think about anything. Mm. Your mind, your mind will wander away, but bring it back. It wander away again, just bring it back again. Okay. And, and you just keep doing it. And eventually you teach yourself to stay focused on that one thing yeah it's like um an awareness of your body of your mind what's what's coming through it's not so much overthinking it's allowing thoughts to pass through rather than dwelling on things i feel like that's a problem i have like oh it, it would actually make me it makes me like really tired in general if i don't take a moment to stop and think like this like these past couple weeks i feel like i've been non-stop really and then yesterday I took a moment to pause. I just felt so tired, like it all hit me. And like, I'm pretty sure it's, it's making me like physically ill because I wasn't taking that time to take care of my emotional and my spiritual needs. Like usually I write down my feelings like in a, in a diary or if, I, if it feels really bad, I'll give someone a call because I've just let myself get overwhelmed with all these things because I wasn't taking care of those other kind of pillars, I guess, of my holistic health. Of course, of course. And like you said, the minute you, this is how I look at it, okay? And this is my sort of philosophy of everything, okay? Is that mm. the body is never standing still, okay? You're either regressing or progressing, or in terms of physiologically, you're either, you're either regenerating mm -hmm. or degenerating. Mm -hmm. So, for example, that's that's why the idea of bad food don't really exist. You know, let's say, let's say, okay, every time you eat good food, you take a step forward. Your body regenerates; it's nourished by those good foods. Yeah. And then, yeah, and I say every day you're eating good foods, good foods, good foods. Your body's regenerating. You you feel healthy. And then when you eat one bad meal, you shouldn't feel bad. Mm -hmm. You know, because yes this food degenerates or yeah mm. or it's it's inflammatory but it won't make a difference if your whole sort of process is or your whole life you've been doing really really well yeah and the problem is a lot of people they find one setback and they kind of just like give up yeah oh you know i've had one i've had one bad day i, I guess i guess i'll start next week again mm -hmm. no okay you've, you know you've had one bad meal it is cool no problem it's, it's not going to make a big difference in your life. Mm -hmm. But as long as you carry on those healthy processes, that's what kind of like equates to the big sum. Yeah. And, and then when it comes to like, I say meditation, even if it's two minutes a day, even if it's five minutes a day, find some time to do it. 
whether it's in the evening, in the morning, just do it. If you if you only have one minute a day, don't undervalue one minute. One minute, mm-hmm. sit down and do it. If you have yeah. 10 minutes a day, do it for 10 minutes. And eventually you'll find more and more time to do it. And like I said in there, people shouldn't think meditation is some kind of oh, like hyper-spiritual like thing I have to experience. Like most time when I'm meditating, sometimes I'm sitting there meditating, okay, or whatever. I'm actually thinking about where my keys are or where do I leave that thing, you know? But mm-hmm. physiologically, if you see me, I'm like, uh, I, look, I look like I'm in Zen. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's normal. And then I'm like, okay, stop thinking about keys. Cool, back to normal. Mm, okay, do you get it? Yeah. It's just really breathing. Mm-hmm. But it's allowing yourself, it's allowing yourself just to sort of be still. Mm-hmm. Like suddenly we're consistently chasing this, like everyone's fighting for our attention. Yeah. Our phone, you know, our, our work, you know, our parents, our families, our friends, everyone's fighting for our attention. And we kind of just need this dopamine fixes just to be still for 10 minutes. Like, honestly, I feel like it would absolutely change your life. Yeah. And that's like, with me is even if I have, like, I do it at work quite a lot, by the way, not to the <laughs> like, like, sometimes I'll just disappear. Mm-hmm. But I'll just go in the bathroom and I'll just sit on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not, I'm not doing anything magical. I'm just kind of like just, just taking in everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I, if I don't do that, like, I just feel heavy on my head. Like, my yeah. face just feels heavy and I just start to feel disorientated and the more and more and more you do that, I like it goes on and I'll just like, I'll just crack. Do you feel like you are a person that's very in tune with themselves spiritually and emotionally and physically? And I guess, I mean, from the sounds of it, you are, but I guess it's a daily practice. But how did you, how did you get to that point of being very aware, but not overthinking your you know, emotional and spiritual condition? Obviously, with me, is I, have a, I had a completely different upbringing. Because mm-hmm. I, I spent the ch- majority of my childhood in, in Kenya, if people don't know that. Yeah, so obviously, yeah. my childhood wasn't really, it wasn't really uh, institutional. I, you know, I didn't, you know, kind of go to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, from nursery. The first couple of days of my life, it was just literally exploring. Climb trees, do this, go to the beach, da, da, da. Then obviously, you start school at the age of five, and it's like, 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's, it's completely different. So I didn't really, and obviously I spent a good portion of my adult life traveling the world. Yeah. And obviously this is very difficult. A lot of people, and I'm quite thankful that I've been able to sort of accomplish this or do this. But what I would advise again is that everyone needs to get out of their comfort zone in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, because this, obviously a lot of the world, and not everyone, not, not everyone will be able to obviously go and explore and see it, which is fine. Yeah. But by exploring, okay, you sort of learn about different philosophies and different ideas and different way of thinking. Because I'm be honest with you, okay, I find Eurocentric ideals quite arrogant. Mm-hmm. What that means, okay, is that because obviously as the West, okay, we're the capital of the world and this is where everyone wants to migrate to. Yeah, it's made us intellectually very arrogant. Right? Mm. So we think, oh, we have this sort of super complexes mm-hmm. that we've kind of we've kind of figured everything out. Medicine, we figured it out. You know, how to live a good life, we figured it out. You know, like how to make money, we fi- does that make sense? Yeah, of course. But I, I, I promise you, I've seen indigenous tribes, 
whether it's in Africa, whether it's in it's in Asia, who actually don't want any of this anything, all this all these things that we kind of have. Yeah. They're like, why why we want to move to a, a city and work nine to five and do these things? We have a perfect good life here. You know, we wake up, we go fishing, and I I, I laugh with my friends, and my kids every day. Mm. Why would I want to subdue myself to wearing a suit, getting in a ram train at seven a.m. in the morning to go to a place where I get abused emotionally, physically? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. So when when you meet individuals like this, you kind of have to. You're forced to actually think about your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm, but I'm not saying working is bad or capitalism is bad. And things. It's just like we just need to find a balance. And yeah. finding balance is is easier said than done. For me, balance is almost, I don't say impossible, but it's difficult to achieve balance in our society. Yeah. Is it, would, would you say it's possible for someone working kind of a traditional life in, in the West, like nine to five, get up early, go home late? Is it, is it possible for them, even in a small way, to live a more... I guess spiritually fulfilling life. Of course, of course, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And and like I said, look, you don't have to. You know, have to be black and white and everything. It's not yeah. like, oh, I have to go to you know like go live in Bali to experience. No, it's once again it's small habitual things. For example, after you come back from work, you're overwhelmed, you're tired, go for a walk instead of sitting down watching British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, 10 minutes before bed and we log out you know just breathe and be still and just reflect and quantify and think yeah I think we shy away from ourselves quite a lot mm-hmm. like we're constantly looking for a distraction or some external stimulus yeah exactly it's funny because the first time I went to Morocco I met like this his name was Mohammed as well <laughs> that 13 year old Maybe 13, 14 year old shepherd. Yeah. Wakes up every morning, takes all his goats to the mountains, and he just sits there for hours with a stick. So one day I decided to join him. Mm-hmm. So I met, I, I met him, went to, went to, went to, um, went with him with his flock of sheep, the sheep on, yeah. <laughs> and then we kind of just sat by it like a, like a fence mm-hmm. for hours. And he just seemed so much more content than I was. Yeah. He just sat there. And I was like, like, God damn, what's going on here? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, my mind was like, okay, shag it. And obviously there's no phone service. You can't really do anything. Yeah. But he just sat there, just reflected. And this boy, I'll never forget this boy. He can have every star in the sky. Mm-hmm. Like he knows it. he can navigate you through a forest without maps. Or the mountains. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, obviously, we deem him to be unintelligent mm-hmm. because maybe he can't read, maybe he's illiterate. Yeah. But then and there, honestly, without him, let's say he left me on the mountain, I was actually going to die. Yeah. I couldn't, like, we couldn't. And surprisingly, three years later, I brought two of my friends and he took us again on this, like, really big hike in the Reef Mountains. And he knew a lot of shortcuts because we only had like two hours to climb the mountain. It's actually a four-hour climb. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, come with me, I know the shortcuts. And he was just taking us through the shortcuts in his mountain. And I'm like, how's he doing this? He's just navigating himself. And it's just like, and he, he lives his life, I guess. Oh, I, 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 sometimes, I sometimes sit down and think, well, I wonder what he's doing now. He's 18 probably now. 
Yeah. Or he's 19. I was, like, I was like, what is he doing with his life now? And I'd love to go visit him soon. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it, and a lot of this contentment, that's the only thing that for me is, is like the secret ingredient in happiness. Is yes, my life is X, Y, and Z right now. Mm-hmm. But at least it's not ABC, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Is the problem with social media and things that it always sort of forces us to look at people whose lives are more like glamorous than ours. Yeah. And and as a result, we can never just be content with a one bedroom flat or, you know, a flat without a balcony or, you know, a, a room that doesn't have enough light because we're consistently comparing ourselves to people who are better off, I guess. Yeah. But we're never actually looking, you know, looking down at the rest of the world who are living in, I don't say worse situation, but mm-hmm. from a like material capitalistic approach, mm-hmm. much worse off sort of, sort yeah. of lives. Yeah. You know, we have access to, we have access to medicine like that. You know, we have access to so much education. But I guess finding that balance is literally just instilling these small habits in your everyday life. Yes, some of them are boring. You know, yeah, you know, I'd rather watch British Bake Off than go for a walk after work. Mm-hmm. Or I'd rather, I don't know, flick through Instagram for like hours instead of meditate. Or, yeah. You know, I'd rather listen to my, my, you know, my music instead of reading a book. But it's about teaching yourself to do these small things. Even if, honestly, don't demean one minute. Try yeah. to hold your breath for a minute. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a long time. I'll do a plank for a minute. <laughs> you know, it's a long, long time. Yeah. So even if it's for five minutes, for two minutes, for one minute, for, even if all, if, if all you have is 30 seconds, instill good habits, even for like those short periods. And that's yeah. where it just starts. Mm-hmm. And like I said, really thinking about contentment and what it means to be content with what I have and, we're going to have good moments and bad moments, which is just life itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but I really do believe the hidden or the, the missing formula is just, just essentially just being content, number one, and number two, just small habits eventually become big lifestyle changes. Yeah. Do, do you feel like that's the thing that a lot of people get wrong about life in general or or holistic living is that they they expect to find some sort of continued happiness when really that's not realistic for them it's not that you do all these good habits and you make all these life changes and then all of a sudden life is perfect and you're happy with what you have and don't want any more it's a case of of just increased awareness and finding balance every day rather than kind of living life in a straight line honestly exactly that life is not a straight me personally this is how i think about life yeah you know happiness sadness anger these are all fleeting emotions mm-hmm. we will we will all in our lifetime experience them yeah i've i've never in my life met someone who's just in a constant state of happiness it's not it's not normal you know life mm-hmm. works within a duality you know, the whole idea of yin and yang. Yeah. You know, yes, you'll feel moments of sadness. 
but you're also full moments of happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yes, you, you yes you go through the emotion of anger or the loss of someone. This is difficult. Like me personally, okay, like just thinking about the idea of losing my mother mm-hmm. makes me sad already. Yeah, you know, but one day I will come to terms with it if mm-hmm. it happens when it happens, and it's not a matter of if it happens. Let's be honest; it's a matter of when it happens. When. Yeah, you know, and it's not a nice emotion, and you know, grief and loss, and but we know it's something that we have to go through. Yeah, you know, I have a really good friend, for example. Okay, uh, he. Uh, Obviously, he got married about four years ago. He had mm-hmm. a daughter, and he, about two years ago, he was expecting a daughter, mm-hmm. and he was very excited about the whole thing. However, during the birth, mm. he lost both his wife and the daughter. Oh wow! You get it? Yeah. And I don't, know, I don't make this obviously podcast about just sad things, but yeah, yeah, they're not easy emotions to sort of deal with. And we never predict this sort of things. And we don't want to think about them. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the hospital, for example, I spent a good portion in the hospital about th- three years ago mm-hmm. because of some issues I had. We had this idea of everyone in the hospital is old. Mm-hmm. But honestly, there was, I would say it was very, like, it was very sort of well spread out. Yeah. R- right next to me, there's a 29 year old guy who had a, a big tumor in his spine, like mm-hmm. a 13-inch tumor. Oof. And I was like, you, you know, you don't really think about a 29-year-old with cancer. Because mm. we're associated with, you know, honestly, like, a few meters away from me, there's a 34-year-old guy with liver cancer. I'm like, 34? I'm like, I'm, that's, I'm four years away from that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not just all people who are in hospitals. People are going through, you know, things all the time. Mm-hmm. And life is... You know, like I think life is fair. Yeah. And and this is very hard to solve. But all this, these sort of things make us, you know, make us stronger and you know, make us appreciate the, the good times a lot more. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure you've heard a story. I lost my my eyesight two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So for like one month, just during the two thousand and eighteen World Cup. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was okay. So the whole World Cup was on radio. Yeah. So obviously I'm a big football fan. I wasn't able to watch the World Cup and mm. initially I was a bit obviously sad and I kind of just didn't want to get, you know, do anything. Yeah. But now that, you know, I'm able to, obviously my vision is back, I can see very, very, I appreciate vision a lot more than ever before. Mm. And honestly, if you tell me, would you want to go through that experience, you know, again, I'd be like, yeah, honestly, that experience defined who me, who I was at in terms of like, appreciating just that one small gift. Yeah, it's like, it's like something's been taken away from you and you kind of you kind of took it for granted before and it's it's not so much as whether it comes back or not because like vision is one thing but then a death of, like the death of a loved one is another thing like they're not going to come back but it's also you you appreciate going through the loss of something i think this this whole lockdown mm. what have we realized and I, as as difficult as it is there has, there's been a lot of silver linings in it mhm you know, one of them is, you know, like, we wish we could have made more time for friends and for, you know, family, now that we were unable to see them. Yeah. 
like for example, this podcast wouldn't mm. even have possible if you were so consumed with work and making money and paying bills. Yeah. You know, will your write will your writing have been possible? I guess it's important to always look at these small wins mm-hmm. rather than like, I, I say again, a day is comprised of micro wins. Not micro wins. So micro wins is I had, I had a healthy breakfast, you know, I went for a walk, I spoke to my friend, you know, look at these sort of micro wins and then they sort of accumulate into a micro win. Yeah, it's it's lots of little things that you can be grateful for. Even, even if it doesn't seem super significant, it builds up to, I guess, a, posit- a, p- a more positive result, I guess. 100%. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's important not to get caught up in macro stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, and it, for example, like if if we look at the ideas of stress, mm-hmm. stress doesn't occur like like a sudden burst of cortisol, this mm-hmm. flashes through you and you feel stress. It happens through something called micro stress disorders. Mm-hmm. It's little triggers. Let's say, let's say our alarm clock starts banging, beep beep beep, and then we always have to jump out of bed, and we're mm-hmm. like. Crap! I'm late for work. You miss breakfast, and you, you become more stressed because your body's been fasting all night. Now you've missed breakfast, and then you miss your train, and then your calls arise again. And then you get to work, your man's like, "Why are you late?" Mm. You know, and then you log on to your computer, and it's like thirty emails, and then you get, you know, it's accumulate, accumulate, and then all of a sudden you break down. Yeah. So mm. it's really about, you know, like same with happiness, some of small contentments and small affirmations will lead to it kind of like a you know in a better sort of mindset or a better state yeah you yeah. know yeah so i think always looking at like the micro aspect mm. of things that lead to a macro is better than sort of like always waiting on that macro sort of experience or yeah bit, you know the big wins don't come as often as the little wins but they're a lot clearer to see yeah exactly but the, the small wins happen every day. Yeah, yeah. Like accomplishing this this podcast. <laughs> a small win. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> well, no, for me, isn't it? My first ever podcast, by the way. Oh well, you've done very well. You've taught me a lot, and you're you, you you. Although you thought you went on a lot of tangents, they were good tangents. They were helpful tangents. Yeah, sorry about that. I think I do that quite a lot. <laughs> it's okay. I'm used to it, so don't worry. <laughs> but um, we're actually going to wrap up in a second. But I was wondering if you could give me or anyone else listening just one general of everyday well-being advice. Okay, spend 10 minutes a day mm-hmm. doing nothing. Don't call it meditation because I know it's a boss word nowadays. Yeah. As in just sit, sit and just no phone, no distractions, nothing. And just organize your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Walking, not running, not the gym. Mm-hmm. Just try to accomplish that ten thousand steps a day. Yeah. Okay? And forget about the whole idea of it being why ten thousand, and don't be fixated by the number. Yeah. Yeah. As in, just get out and just walk. That's it. And uh, once again, instilling just small habitual habits. Just you know the sum of small things what you call a big thing. That's how a dam is made, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what those beavers right that's how they make dams just one stick at a time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so for me personally that's my approach even if even if I could accomplish just one thing mm-hmm. a week 
is good enough for me. Nothing has to be a quick fix. Yeah, that's so okay. things there. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, that fulfills me even more. It gives me more to to do. Yeah, I feel like like just taking the time to do nothing with little to no stimuli is a real problem I have. It's something I preach, but it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. But I feel like talking to you and talking to other people n- not necessarily makes me more accountable, but makes me feel like I'm less alone in the struggle to do things and to be more appreciative of just the fact that I exist and that I need to take time to organize my thoughts and to really understand how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking about. Of course, yeah. And like I said, if you miss if you miss one day, if you miss two days, if you miss three days, if you miss four days, if you miss a week, if you miss a month, that doesn't mean you stop. Mm. You bring it back in. Yeah. The thing is, falling is fine because we all fall, you know, but it's whether you're able to sort of continue after that fall. Exactly. It's, it's getting back up. Exactly. So I know it sounds quite cliche, but <laughs> it, it really does just come down to that. Yeah, it's true. You know, and when it comes to instilling this sort of habits, you're going to fall a lot. Yeah. You know, but once again, okay, every new second is a new moment. There's so many things that you've said like throughout this hour that I think I could just like take and like put on like a poster and stick it on my wall. So that's it's good. It's, it's <laughs> some some cliches, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. But okay. yeah, so honestly, like I said in that small things. Small wins. Small wins. Because they you know the whole smart principle, you know. Mm-hmm. One of it is that it's measurable you know yeah. 10 minutes a day is measurable five minutes a day is measurable yeah maybe say oh you know do four hours of yoga you know a lot of these retreats and i've been to a few retreats it's like mm. four hours of yoga a day and i'm honestly thinking okay, like how realistic is this can someone really commit to four hours of yoga a day you know mm. if you go to india and bali and you go to a lot of these like expansive retreats that cost like ten thousand pounds mm. it requires you to do four hours of yoga a day and i think this is too much yeah. i really do think that's too much they're just kind of exploiting it. Yeah. And so they don't feel like you, you can't experience this bliss mm. because you can't commit to four hours a day. You don't have to do four hours a day of mm. yoga. Yeah. You know, it can be five minutes in the morning. That's it. Mm. We all have five minutes. I don't care who you are. <laughs> we do. Okay. Um, before we go, I was wondering if you wanted to promote your business or your social media or anything. Uh, not really, guys. Uh, obviously, I'm holistic first, and <laughs> I've just enjoyed this Gemma time. Ah, oh, <laughs> that's so nice. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, awesome. It's been a it's been a real pleasure having you. I think because we've talked a lot one on one before, and I feel like I always leave learning something new about you, about philosophy, about living a more balanced life. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, I really appreciate it for you for having me on here. I was <laughs> thinking, oh, let, let me get more in here. <laughs> that itself is, uh, I've actually entered your, you know, your thought process. Oh, of course. No, you, you weren't a passing thought. It was like, no, I have to talk to Mo. I can't not talk to Mo. No, that's awesome. <laughs>